Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Excel Radio. Brought to you by Beckshot Photography and Video. It's your story. Make it awesome. For more information, go to Beckshot.com. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. The Three Musketeers of Marketing back again. Robert Mason from EXP Realty. Uh, I'm Randy Beck from Beckshot, and Stone is here of Business Radio X. He's our producer, and he is the sharp end of the spear at Business Radio X. Our guest today is Denise Utzi, and she is a PEO. Now, PEO in my world stood for Program Executive Officer, and that's a guy at the Pentagon who writes big, fat monster checks to build fancy speedboats and explosives and stuff like that. So, Denise, what does PEO mean in your world? Um, PEO in our world means a professional employment agency. <laughs> Less That's impressive. different. Yeah. And, and your company is? Um, Seabrus 2 Payroll Services. Seabrus 2. S-B-R-U-S 2. Okay. So, tell us about being a, a PEO. What, is that, what does that involve? Right, We've got a lot of business people yeah. out there, and they're, they want to avoid pitfalls like you guys deal with. So tell us how all that works. Well, one of our tag phrases is small business owners don't know what they don't know, but what they don't know will hurt them. And so um, for Seabrus 2 Payroll Services, what differentiates us from a payroll service is that we become a bundled service for them, which means we do um, bottom-level HR, onboarding of employees, offloading, um, dealing with the Department of Labor for unemployment claims. We do offer workers' comp for non-high-risk, means we don't get on roofs, we don't cut trees down, we don't do those kinds of things. So workers' compensation. And then also running the payroll and dealing with the taxes um, on a quarterly and annually basis. Um, So it basically is a bundled payroll service. Okay. And for who? Like who's a prime or a target client for you? What, what kind of companies do you work with? I would say prime targets for us are small business owners. And what I mean by small is we can start with the owner, especially if they're going to be growing, which is ideal because you get your EIN number. And then as you start to onboard, you don't have any of that back office administration that you weren't expecting when you started your business. Um, the next ones are, especially in the summers or seasonal, is high turnover. Because most payroll companies will charge you to onboard an employee, to offboard an employee, and they also charge you for every W-2 that you do at the end of the year. So those are really ideal clients for us um, who don't want to have to deal with the administration. It doesn't matter the industry and no. that sort of thing. No, minus high risk. That's the only thing we don't do. So, so what is high risk? Define that. You said roofs. Yeah, roofing. Um, we don't do anything with mold remediation. We don't do anything with um, near the water. Um, so high risk would be something that you would end up paying a ton of money for workers' compensation for. That's a great indicator. So would you or would you not do like construction contractors, plumbers, we welders? Do, yes, we can do all those things. We don't do, like I said, any kind of remediation where a house has been put underwater and now they're having to rip out drywall and they find black mold. That's not okay. a company that we could So do. the disaster recovery companies, not right. so much. Exactly. And we preface it by we go research their information on, on their website. We try to see kind of what they do because especially people that are trying to get around having to pay workers' compensation, they will um, – they will undercut kind of their explanation of their business because they know it's going to be expensive. 
Are there any states that you won't work in? Um, right now we do have a few, um, but it's only based on the workers' compensation. And so what we would do, especially that would be more in a franchise environment where they might have multiple locations. And so what we do is we do a preliminary sit-down where we determine where they are and we'd be able to give them that indication at that time. Any size parameters? No, not really. It's more, um, I would say, people who are not um, going to love the fit of Seabrus especially is people who are very um, high-tech, who want 401ks, they want high um, enrollment benefits. We do have benefit packages which are, um, because it's a group, it gives us an option for a discount and at least access for some of their employers, but not if they're C-level, V-level. They're not going to love us. So you've mentioned already mm-hmm. workers' comp, yep. employment packages, benefit packages. Yes. So it sounds like you guys do a lot of things. Let's talk a little bit about the mix of service that you, you provide. Okay. So what I like to say, and I do this in visual where I use a four piece puzzle. And so the first piece is payroll, which is the main piece that we do. And payroll means that we um, offer the employees their payroll services. We take care of their taxes. And then we also can offer direct deposit pay cards, which is a benefit for people that don't have bank accounts and checks which we ask them to avoid. So payroll is the is the most minimal thing we do. Now, payroll is the cornerstone of what we do. You can't get the workers' comp. You can't get everything else if you don't take payroll. So payroll is the first piece. Then the HR services is an automatic domino because that means that when they're onboarding employees, we send them a link. They say, okay, we're getting ready to hire this person. We send them a link. The employee gets into the system. They onboard themselves. They send us their IDs. That's another benefit for us is that we do e-verify. So especially if they have government contracts, that's a critical factor. They're going to make sure that that's in place. And then, um, again, for the offloading, if they're like, no, this isn't a good fit, then they can release them back to us without penalty of Department of Labor. That's a huge deal because another place where we separate ourselves is we don't have any onboarding costs, no setup fees, and no early contract terminations. That is huge. Usually you get charged every time you send an employee, every time you take them off payroll, All of those things are additional line items, whereas we have like one line, no little black writing. So you said no checks, so that your automatic deposits. That's we the can way. do checks, and some people that struggle to not have a bank account, especially for some of our customers, um, meaning their employees may just um, be out of high school, may um, just be getting their legs back underneath them. We do have several customers that work with employees who are in like halfway houses or recover me places. And so when they come to us, they don't have bank accounts. And so it does help that we have that pay card that they can swipe like a debit card. And that way they don't have to have anywhere to deposit the money. And you also said like when you're onboarding or, or releasing somebody, Mm -hmm. you're not charging fees at all. that. So is that because the employees are on your EIN and not on mine? Yes. And And so now it's like, I'm just basically I'm paying you my fees for the service, but essentially I'm just like renting the employees from you and you're handling all the administration. That's exactly right. And so what I like to say is basically it's a test drive for your employee. So even if we have companies that ultimately want to hire them full-time on their payroll, on their EIN, this is an awesome way to test drive the employee to let them work out their probationary period 
and then hire them full time if they feel like it's not going to work. It's over $5,000 to find and do the early training and onboarding for an employee. More than $5,000. That's a lot of money when you figure out that one, especially in this current climate, people aren't going to stay. Not because you fire them because they're like, oh, yeah, that wasn't what I thought. Or you bring them on and they're not a good fit for you. So what we tell people is run the honeymoon phase through us. And if you decide you love them and you want to take them on, then take them. And if you don't, there is no penalty. Now, it even when you're working with a, a standard payroll company like an ADP or a Paychex, they're going to charge you every time you do that, even if they are your employee because that's one of the back office administration they want to pay their staff. We have a smaller staff and a smaller overhead, and so it's really a customer service thing. So being in a real estate business, would a real estate brokerage firm be a candidate for you guys? They are a candidate. Um, one, if, especially the brokers who are hiring an in-house admin. That's actually a great fit because you don't want to have to deal with the IRS to run payroll, run your 941s, run your 940s, which are quarterly and annually filings. If you're running them through us, the IRS is, we become a line item for payroll, but they become compliant. The gift of that for the employee is that as a 1099, anybody that's been a 1099 is going to know this, that the IRS and banks financial institution make you jump through hoops, like two years worth of tax returns and all this stuff. Whereas when you're paying them as an employee, they have a check stub. And that's hugely beneficial. We actually have a few owners who have put themselves on payroll for that very reason. We have a few owners who have put themselves on just because it helps them bank their tax money and they're not having to pay so much out of pocket at the end of the year. Right. That's really interesting. Um, to get off the 1099 status, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, you get that check stub, and now mm-hmm. now you're an employee of yourself, right, or something like that. Yes. And so, so your financing is cleaner. Yes, and you're going in for a mortgage to buy one of Robert's Airbnbs. Yeah, exactly. So you're easier to underwrite now, right? Yes, and the other thing too is that it, it gives you a workers' comp certificate because sometimes you may not feel like you're in an industry that's risk. You know, like it's going to be a big deal. Well, still, if your office administrator trips and smacks her face and you have to pay for that, it's coming out of pocket if you don't have workers' comp. Now, the first time we talked about this, uh-huh. you talked about the 1099 pitfall mm-hmm. with the Infernal Revenue Service. Mm-hmm. So, and it I struck saw me what that. You did there. It struck me that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I good. I sneak those things I got in. That. You know? I got that. Mr. Mr. Anarchy. Yeah. Um, so, it struck me that you have a good strategy to stay out of trouble yeah. with the with the revenueers. That's right. And I'll, I'll explain some of the red flags that the IRS is looking for. So one of the things that I did. Hold on. Let me take notes. Okay. <laughs> in the um, networking meeting, and this is helpful for anybody that's listening to this, is there's actually a 20-question um, survey on the IRS website, on the government website, that you can download. And it will let you ask the questions, those 20 questions. And if you answer a certain amount of questions above a minimum, then they're your employee. They're not a 1099. And things that are really going to create red flags are for you to do your checklist is um, are you paying a social security number or are you paying an EIN number? That's the first thing. If they truly are, second, if they truly are a contractor, do you have a contract? And does that contract um, list out their responsibilities? Does it list out your expectations? Because as a 1099, you can't tell them where to go, what to use, when to be there. You can't 
tell them any of that. They get to show up when they feel like it. They get to finish the job and do it on their terms unless you have a contract that outlines that. Sounds like the people that run those programs are all bureaucrats. <laughs> Another but, dig. Just saying. But that's what we have to do deal with, right? So – so how do you? How does your service help somebody stay out of trouble on those on that ten ninety nine? So we uh, actually, scenario. Ideally, on the front end, we just really kind of do a, a risk assessment to figure out are they really employees, and if they are, then we give them an option that is not going to give them a huge overhead to turn them into the employees. Because if they're not, then ideally, great referral partners for me will be business attorneys who will help them write those contracts. Um, I am all about um, getting at the right fit when I did networking. And when I do the risk assessment, there are people that I've said, what you're doing is a 1099, truly a 1099, um, format, but you don't have a contract and the IRS is still coming. And so for me, it would just be sitting down with that client and figuring out if they really do have an appropriate 1099 format or get the pieces in place that are going to protect them. Because I feel like, I'm not trying to sell everybody. I'm I'm trying to figure out if we're the best fit. And if we are, then awesome. And if we're not, I'm going to refer them. And so if you do that with somebody, is that does that account for hourly employees or is this more like for a steady amount, like a salary type? Of Both. And so people. especially for like um, we service Kenny's discount doors and Kenny is the owner. And so he takes a salary, which is a draw that helps him backstock his taxes. So he's ready when it comes at the end of the year. Then, now, now, guys, I didn't set that up. Kenny's Discount Doors is a backshot client. But yeah. I did not know that she worked with him. Yeah. So this is full disclosure. Yeah. See, we're everywhere, aren't yeah, we? It's true. <laughs> and Kenny is awesome. Me and Denise, our plans for world domination. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with that, then he has brought in employees that um, – that truly were an employee format. And so that's really helped them. And so to your point, we can do salary. We can do, but if their salary, again, where somebody gets dinged is they're going, oh, their salary. Well, to the IRS, if you're not a manager and you're not a salesperson, you're not salary. You don't get to do that because people do that as an end around to not have to pay overtime. So there's a bunch of pitfalls that people a get into. Lot. They don't know what they don't know. Right. right. We'll be hearing that a lot. <laughs> I, I got a feeling we're going to hear that a lot. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's really true. You get into business to do what you do, right? right? Because it's what you like. It's the thing you're good at. It's, you know, you feel like you can make money at it. And you haven't become an HR expert or an employment mm-hmm. law expert or a tax expert, right? That Those are entirely different businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A prime example of that is the medical community. You know, mm-hmm. you've got these guys who go to med school, mm-hmm. gals go to med school. They get out. Now they're, you know, they're certified to be a doctor. They got to create a business. Mm-hmm. And now they got to create all that back office stuff and they don't know anything about it. And so they get in trouble, you know, pretty quickly that way. Yeah. And most businesses, it's a proven fact that um, business startups, this is even not post COVID. This was pre COVID um, closed within two years. And it's not because they weren't awesome at what they did. It's because they didn't understand all the other stuff that came with being a business owner. They didn't build the pyramid correctly with the base. No. And they didn't have the correct advice or the people they needed around them to give them that information. I, What I love about networking is I get to stay awesome at what I do, which I am, but I get to give them the other pieces or help them identify the pieces to yeah. build the base of the pyramid because they don't know what that is. Right. So what are some other pitfalls? Like We just talked about the 1099 mm-hmm. thing, and you, you mentioned um, 
workers comp a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. What, what else, where else can you step into a bear trap without knowing it? I, so a lot of people that are referred to us came because they didn't realize that the IRS required quarterly filing or that they have to withhold um, employee taxes and match them, you know? And so a real tendency is either one you didn't know. And so you didn't hold it, withhold it. The second thing is that you held it, but you weren't disciplined not to spend it. And the IRS is still coming. They still want that money. They're still going to ask you for your quarterly payroll return. They're still going to expect you to write that check. And if you haven't withheld that money, if you spent it because rent came up or something, piece of your equipment broke down, the benefit of using a service like ours is that that money is already set aside. You're not tempted to spend it. Well, you probably can't even touch it. You can't because it's gone. And that's the gift is that it, it, you know, the, what I like about it is that it's pulled out on, on the cycle that you would give us. And so if it's weekly, it would be weekly. If it's biweekly, it allows you to budget your payroll. So you know what you're going to pay because again, the way we build our contracts, it's a percentage of the contract. And so you never have to guess, you know, this plus this is going to equal this number. And so there's no little black writing. There's no, Oh yeah, by the way, we filed your taxes quarterly and that was an extra fee. There's none of that. you you pretty much can gauge it. And so minus that the hours go up and down, the rest is going to stay the same. Seems like it's a bit of a hidden field. You know, you don't get people in college going, Oh yeah, what are you going to do after you graduate? Right. Well, I'm going to work for a PEO, right? So right. how'd you get into this? Um, so I am, I'm really great at coming in at foundation level. Oh, and remind people, what does PEO stand for? um, Professional Employment Agency. Um, And so I... I am really good at coming in at ground level and help creating structure and then implement it, create the model and do it. And so um, in 2006, I had been working for another agency and somebody said, I saw what you did here. I want you to come in and do it at another company. And that company um, in our world, ADP is really or paychecks is a, is a big fish. And so they eat up little fish. And so the company I was working for got ate up by ADP and um in a good way, they bought it out because it was taking their business. And so with that, I came in and they were like, I need a model. And so that's what I did. I came in and strategic partners for us are CPAs because they hate, unless they have an in-house payroll person, CPAs do not love doing payroll. They don't. I actually had one tell me they wanted to smash their thumb with a hammer and another one (laughs) smashed their head two separate occasions. Like I hate payroll. And it's like, okay, well that's okay. So with that, that's how I got engaged in that world. And so I would say I like getting paid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to deal with the payroll. Right. Right. Exactly. And people don't, like I said, understand all the backup. You know, they want their W-2. Yeah. But when you've been paying them out of pocket or you've been not doing it right, that it's not coming. So Now, I do remember a few years back there was a big debate about real estate. Mm. Right. Are these guys really 1099s? Or are they really employees? So, what, Robert, what is that? Are they still 1099s? Sure. They're Agent, 1099s. Because independent in, agents, you, you sign a – contract up front, which is critical, mm-hmm. you know, and you've got to look that over and you've got to understand that thing. Right. And then there's the on-rolling part, uh, onboarding part, uh, which is the back office part mm-hmm. of that. But yeah, real estate agents, we are sole providers. Mm-hmm. We are independent contractors. We are 1099. And so as an agent that's successful and gets started and grows and they're, mm-hmm. they're starting to make some real money, it might be an actually a good strategy to 
get on board with somebody like you? It would be not from the 1099 paradigm. It, it would be when they start to build their back office, their support team. Those people would be the people that we would do payroll for. Cause he's right. We, the 1099s are straight 1099s and that usually comes through your CPA. We, we see a lot of people building teams nowadays. That seems to be a growing trend, but a lot of those teams are not building the back office. No, no, not correctly. Right. But, but the brokerage, it wouldn't just be the, a, a big agent that's being successful that we need you. The if you're talking about itself a, might too. a company like EXP or Keller Williams or something like that, yeah, they're going to have that back office piece already. Right. But for the team building but, stuff, uh, that's different. But Vibe over here off the square won't. They have to build that or buy it. They'll probably have to buy it. Yeah. And that's where you come in? Mm-hmm. Outsource it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we wouldn't come in. I'm our other, you know, one, our staffing side of it, that's where that would become valuable resource to, you know, headhunt. But um, the payroll is really just for the employees, the W-2s. And Robert mentioned medical. So mm-hmm. are those good people? I yeah, mean, I would say medical offices, ideally, because they're going to all the support staff, the people who draw the blood, all those things. Yes, I, legal offices, you know, where they have the, the attorney and then the people that do the support. So those are great. Um, any kind of small office environment is ideal that doesn't already have the infrastructure of administration set in place. Because, again, then we become that arm for them. Yeah. The 1099 people also have to have their own workers comp. They do, but that's also listed in the contract. It would state if they had to have that in place. And again, without payroll, they can't have our work comp piece. So I, through networking, have found some really reasonable workers' comp companies that we would refer them to. But ideally, you're right. They do have to have workers' or, comp, but they don't have to have payroll. Or, or we set, up, set them up through payroll with you where right. they're covered on that already. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. If they take payroll. So what we're trying to do is, is kind of build a – an idea of who to refer to mm-hmm. you. Right. So that's why we're asking some of these yeah, questions. No, it's great questions. And I, and like I said, I think just to make it clear, the differentiation is 1099 is not a good client. If it's 1099 exclusive, 1099 with administration is absolutely a great fit because the 1099 is not wanting to focus on any of that right. stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. the last thing they think about. It is the last thing they think about. Yeah, until the IRS calls or they get right. that letter. And then it gets serious. <laughs> then they get. Then they start right. thinking about it. Oh. Huh, what's her number? Right? Yes. So <clears throat> a business, let's let's use me. Let's uh-huh. say that at Beckshot I said, gee, time time to do this Yep. because I have all these 1099 guys running around. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's onboarding like with you? What does somebody have to do to get started? So we um, sit down and I do that risk analysis, and then we have some questions that we go through and, and ask to figure out how many employees, what the payroll cycle is going to look like, um, those types of things. And then we complete that paperwork. I send that in. They build the contract. We send it back to our corporate office. They build it. I sit down with the customer. We review it. They sign off on it. That's the customer onboarding. Employee onboarding is Hey, Denise, I have a new guy that I need you to onboard, send him an email. And I did have that happen. We have um, a company called Instant Imprints, which is just, um, they do all kind of paraphernalia for companies that are trying to market themselves. And so she has an intern that's coming from Kennesaw State. And she's like, I, I would like him to start Monday. And so I was like, okay, well, then you need to give him my information so that we can capture critical data, send it in. And then he did, he filled it out within a day, sent us his IDs and he started today. 
Okay. And so it strikes me that a lot of the people that might be calling you might already have a problem. Most of the people that are calling us are flying by the seat of their pants. <laughs> they are like not, um, you know, CPAs refer problem children to us, right? Because they already knew that they were not disciplined not to spend that money or they've already had an issue. And again, the benefit is that we can use our EIN. They don't even have to change employees. They get to keep all the same people. Um, and so with that, they just, we get the contract in place and then we start to handle it. And the CPA loves that because the next tax season, they, they're not dealing with that. A perfect example is we had one repeat offender for the IRS that um, got a letter that was pretty standard to them from um, the state of Georgia. And they forwarded it to us and said, what do we do with this? And I was like, okay, I'm going to reply. I'm going to CC you in on it. And because it was like, hey, you didn't pay it for this quarter, this quarter, this quarter. Well, we had already taken it in. We had been doing their payroll. It's just they were used to them not turning them in on time. And so I was able to reply to that email, CC the owner, and say, we took it as of this day. Here was a letter that we sent to you to let them know it changed from this EIN to this EIN, and they don't owe you anything. And they were like, oh, sorry. That's helpful. Very. So so to to prevent that scenario, let's mm-hmm. say somebody's out there, they're getting started in their business, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously – they don't want to make mistakes. What kind of advice do you have for somebody that's out there building business but not very far along yet? I would say get your EIN. You know, just don't start flying by the seat of your pants. It's interesting. I was in a networking meeting, and they had these little lights in their hands, and they were like, okay, turn on the light when you think that's the next thing they need. And everything was like overhead, website, video. Like we need all this stuff. Nobody said payroll, CPA. <laughs> So I would say first step is you need to um, find a CPA that's going to be a good source to get the foundation laid correctly, like you said. And then um, to get somebody that's going to help them get the steps in place, their EIN number, all those things. And then if you're going to have an employee, you want a payroll service. If you have an EIN, that means employer identification number. So you're probably going to have an employee. Um, So then I would say get a payroll service. And um, for bigger companies, mm-hmm. they're already going. They may have some of this in place already but may not have done a very good job. Right. So what do you say to them? What's your advice there? Uh, call me. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get in touch with me. Who? Um, Who? The HR person? No. So a lot of the people that are calling us are not – they don't have the HR person. You know, their sister, their mom, you know, a friend is doing their stuff. And they're not – it's their second job. It's, oh, I'm helping – you know, it's their spouse. And so a lot of them are, have been pulling their hair out for a while anyway, saying, please get help um, because they don't know. And so with that, those are great referral resources. If it is a smaller company with an HR director, we're a great fit for them, too, just because it becomes one invoice versus three. Yeah, very helpful. This could be like a referral poster all over town. It's you true. Need- <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. All, all of those back office type functions, yeah, you know, they're all yeah. interconnected here. Yeah, yeah. all of a sudden, right? Yeah. It's not like the Marine Corps. We want you, you know. Yeah, the guys right. point at you. No, you need her. No, we yeah. need them, and we need him, and yeah. we need her. And-, and what I love about it is, you know, you may not need me, but I do know what you need. You know, that's the benefit of having been around small business 
for so long is um, I, when I do that risk evaluation, I'm able to tell them the people that they need. And so, again, we run the payroll. We do that piece of it. We do low bar HR, but I have a great referral resource who does the handbooks, who does what bathroom sign should I hang. Like that's all stuff people do not think about, but people sue them over. So how about restaurants? Restaurants seems – because they're going to have some 1099s. They're going to have some W-2s, right? So that's kind of complicated. It is. And we do have a restaurant that was complicated. It was a referral because they had stayed in trouble Um, because it's a lot to keep up with, especially when you're onboarding and offloading so many employees that close together, you know, high schoolers, people like that. Um, And so with that, that's a great resource for them because it's just like this is who we use. Here's her card. And – and we take it from there. And then we call the employer back when they're onboarded and we say, okay, you know, they just need their schedule. So basically they get to um, vet, they get to figure out who they like and who they want, and then they send them to us. And if they figure out they don't like them, they send them back. We talked about how you got into this. We mm-hmm. didn't talk about why. You know that's a big question mm-hmm. for me is why. Um, so tell me about, you know, like what, what is it about this that flips the light switch on for you? I think what I said in the beginning, they don't know what they don't know. And it's, it is disheartening to watch people take their whole life investment and put in something that they're so passionate about and then not have the resources in place to help them to stay in that position because, um, those penalties have closed businesses down. One workers' comp claim has closed businesses down because that money comes out of your pocket. And so I think for me, my thrill is always education. Like, I don't get to pick what you do with it, but you can't say that you didn't know after you leave a meeting with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you like you like being the resource that helps yes. them solve that, solve that problem. Yeah. And, and just avoid the things, you know, the pitfalls that they don't know are ahead, which are ahead. So after hearing this radio program, millions of people <laughs> will have no excuse. <laughs> We're going to have to change the know. name from Excel to <laughs> no excuses. <laughs> no excuse things. It's true. Okay. And um, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, for instance, I was out there and I kind of, maybe I had a problem, maybe I didn't, or I could see it on the horizon mm-hmm. and I was you know, considering working with yeah. somebody like you mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd made a call to ADP and know oh my god mm-hmm. it's such it's a gigantic system it's yeah. so expensive and all that stuff right right what's the one thing you would want to say to me about working with you guys so i would say working with me specifically one we have some awesome reference letters from our customers but i am um a, a professional hand holder legitimately i can sit down and make something big and scary palatable and understandable so that you feel like you have the resources that you need in place to make a good decision. Um, I mean, even with my customers, because we are a small business, I'm very intentional. Um, One of our customers had a baby and one of them got married and I literally was able to like go over and deliver a gift. The thing with corporate payroll is not that it's bad, especially for the right customer, but the thing is it's impersonal. And it's very much like the pharmaceutical industry. People start in at this level to get to the next level. Whereas I've been with Sievers 2 since um, 2019 now, 
I guess it started in 2012. I left the company. I came back. Um, but since 2019. And so our customers have had the same payroll processor, which is my office manager. We have, they've had me as their current person. And so that's going to be a big thing that you're going to hear with people who have dealt with a lot of payroll companies that their salesperson kept changing and that their processor kept changing. And that's a big deal when it's something as intimate as your money. And so as a professional handholder, you can smooth all that out. It's a personal environment. Yeah. So that makes it easier for me. Well, it makes it easier because especially when you're like, okay, this is such a great example. So during COVID, the IRS said that the normally what happens is if somebody's going to file unemployment, the employee goes and files. But because of COVID, literally they reached out to every company and said, okay, you have to be the one that puts in the unemployment for your employees. Every company had to do that. Our customers called us and said, oh my gosh, I have to lay all my people off. We had to administrate the unemployment for the rest of COVID until they hired them back. Versus, which, again, that's the personal piece. They're already trying to figure out what they're going to do when their doors are closed and nobody's doing business. That was the last thing they needed to worry about. And that was such a perfect example of what we were able to offer them, was to say, you focus on you and we'll focus on this. That seems very important that you wore that part for them. It was wonderful. Because that was difficult. It was critical. A lot of people, restaurants, businesses closing down for a variety of reasons, you know, government shutting companies down, Mm -hmm. telling people who could work, who didn't work. Right. Um, And you took that control Mm -hmm. and that ownership of that. Yeah. Yep. And we were able to, you know, soothe their employees' concerns when they had any questions about that. We were able to walk them through that process. And so they, the customer wasn't getting those calls. We got them. Well, there's a lot of. There's a lot of requirements and a lot of detail in all of our businesses that we don't necessarily think of when we start them. Mm-hmm. Right? We're concerned about what we're there to do, not about all the back office functions right. and the legalities and all that. So all that planning up front, it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's a real advantage here that you can short shorten that process. Yes. It's just like hiring a consultant, just it's like, exactly hiring, a, like hiring, hiring an executive or an expert. Yes. Right? Yep. Without paying the fee. That's exactly what it is. It's like hiring a small business consultant at the beginning to say, these are the pieces and here are some people I would recommend. But um, the, the benefit with me too is that, you know, corporation business, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll have departments that are all consolidated into one. Well, I do that. I just do it through networking. And so they can pick them or they don't have to versus corporate where they would. Now that thing with COVID too, that's also something when people are saying, okay, I don't understand the difference between payroll and PEO. If you were with a standard payroll company during COVID, you were the one filing unemployment every week. You were the one that had to do everything. A PEO, which is what we are, it because they were our employees on our EIN, then that's why we had to handle that. And so that's a big differentiator is the difference between payroll and PEO is their years versus ours. You maintain direction and control. We maintain all the background noise. So it's critical. It's, it's not unlike somebody buying an investment property, like a short term rental. And you've got all these ideas. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go, I'm going to do this business and you get in this business and then you leave a lot of things out. We've had that conversation Mm -hmm. before. Um, so one of the parts that I guess that you're, that you're going to have to discuss early on is you have to give us the control of this aspect of it mm-hmm. because here are the reasons why. Right. 
And and for people that are control freaks, it's not that we're we don't have to vet them. They can be people you like. They can be people that you send. We don't have to micromanage them. No. We're just going to take this part so that when it gets uncomfortable or cloudy, we can take it off your plate. Yeah. Denise Utsi, everybody, making your money and your time go farther. <laughs> Much farther. As, as, as you pursue your entrepreneurial dreams. Yeah. Thank you for coming in. No, thank you for having me. Very interesting and educational. Thank you.